Hi, I'm Christoph Zimmerman. You're listening to the Pink Gun Podcast. Hello, welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. Unfortunately, we are coming to you again after a 2-0 away defeat, but we're going to try and keep things light, keep things positive, and uh, try and look ahead to what may still be to come in the Premier League for Norwich City ahead of a game on Saturday back at Carrow Road, back to where that brilliant atmosphere was against Manchester City not so long ago, although it does feel like it was a while ago, on the back of the defeats at Burnley and Palace. And we'll start looking ahead to that game against Aston Villa. I am Dave Freezer, and as ever, I am joined by Paddy Davitt, Connor Southwell, and our video guru, of course, as he must be known, Tony Thrussell. Where, where did that start? Where did that come from? Uh, I think Mr. Bailey started referring to you uh, first as a guru. That sounds like a Michael, uh, like a Michael description, doesn't it? I need a T-shirt that says that. That's my my request. Just I am a guru or a video just, guru. Just a guru. <laughs> Grown beard. <laughs> well, you say that somebody tw- Twitter can be a weird and wonderful place, can't it? Somebody sent me a message before the game uh, on Saturday where they coloured like a handlebar moustache onto my uh, byline picture in the actual paper <laughs> version of the uh, the pinkin uh, saying uh, please day freezer so uh, i showed that to the girlfriend and got a resounding no in capital letters so i don't think that'll be happening for november maybe if if norwich win an away game this year that's what you have to do <laughs> <laughs> what just one away game yeah, if they win five away games this season <laughs> then i'll do it <laughs> i think it's been a long weekend for mr freezer <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep that Positive. on the back burner. Um, Paddy, how how are you feeling on on, on the back of uh, of another away defeat? Are you managing to to not feel sort of too downcast? Oh yeah, I, I, I brush it off quite easily, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, once the work's done, that's it. As I was telling, uh, we've got a Newcastle supporting uh, colleague. As soon as that went, I'm referring to the Leicester Newcastle game yesterday. But as soon as they got a man sent off and Leicester were one 0 up. I turned off my TV, so uh, yeah, I didn't watch any match today. I'm I'm quite happy with a non-footballing weekend. Once, fair weather. Once, thanks. Fair weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad to see you perked up because before we started to record here, Tony said, "Is this going to be downbeat or upbeat?" And we've obviously gone for the latter version. So fair play to you, Guru. <laughs> yeah, but all in all, in all, uh, all flippancy aside, um, yeah, we'll get into it, won't we? But. Needs to change away from home, not good enough. Um, but, you know, ultimately, plenty of mitigation with injuries and unfortunately more of those to get into, I'm afraid. And Connor, how did you find Selhurst Park? You uh, you started your new role on quite a high with that win over Man City and then you've sort of been brought down to the reality of Nor- covering Norwich City in the top flight a bit, haven't you? You're always brought back down to earth with a trip to Selhurst Park, I think, aren't you? It's not the most pleasant of, uh, of football grounds in the country. Um no, I, I think the natural reaction after a two 0 defeat, after a two 0 defeat, is probably to look for trends between the two. But I think they were probably quite different games in terms of how they played out. Um, probably, arguably, more positives in this one than, than there was against Burnley. If you if you're going for a positive vibe that Tony set, um, <laughs> but yeah, as as Paddy sort of alluded to, definitely lots of work to do on the road and uh, you can caveat it all with, with how many injuries they've got I suppose but um, I think supporters will probably feel a bit concerned after the two results that we've seen in the past two weeks 
Yeah, I think that's probably fair enough to say. Um, we are recording on Monday this week. Um, we, we took the train to and from Sellers Park, which was quite a nice sort of luxury for us rather than being uh, crammed into a car. But uh, it was a bit too busy and noisy on the train for us to record on the train on the way back. So um, we have got the uh, advantage of knowing how everything's shaped up in the Premier League as we record today. Um, Norwich do remain just above the relegation zone, uh, a point above Aston Villa and Newcastle, and Watford are still... Uh, uh, adrift at the bottom 20th place only two points so far and uh, it was a, another defeat for them this weekend they lost 2-0 at Wolves uh, otherwise uh, Paddy's already mentioned that Newcastle game they lost 5-0 at Leicester and uh, that was a horrible tackle from Isaac Hayden in, in that game as well wasn't it and Villa who we will of course come on to they uh, they were pegged back twice by Burnley at Villa Park uh, a bit of not, not necessarily controversy but certainly VAR involvement in that game uh, but Chris Wood who uh, Norwich found out all about uh, the previous weekend he scored uh, the equaliser for Burnley nine minutes from from the end so a 2-2 from them so it's still uh, still tight at the bottom and Liverpool and Man City are just sort of getting away from Norwich now aren't they I'm not sure they're uh, they're going to catch them uh, at this stage but we are only we're only seven games in so um, let's get into the nitty gritty of it and I guess we've got to start with the goalkeeper situation um, Ralph Fairman gets the nodding goal with Tim Krull being ruled out with his back injury but 22 minutes in it all changed didn't it Pad? Yeah, well you say it changed more of the same like in terms of injury chaos choose your adjectives um, yeah Daniel basically said it wasn't his act of going full length to try and keep out a very well struck penalty um, it was pretty much the first act he did which was when he claimed a free kick um, he felt it from there onwards so hindsight's a wonderful thing Daniel was asked in his post-match would you have been better off starting Michael McGovern um, but if Ralph Farman was back in training on Friday and trained without any after effects from the groin injury that kept him out against Burnley then Daniel can only go with what the player tells him so um entirely in keeping with where Norwich are unfortunately um, Michael McGovern came in uh, a second Premier League keeper debut for Norwich in the space of 25 minutes and in truth um, didn't have a great deal to do wouldn't have held him culpable for the, the Andros Townsend goal that was well slotted just inside his near post but um, given Tim Cruz out until we think probably Bournemouth um, we won't be seeing Farman against Aston Villa so it's over to you Michael McGovern Indeed, uh, a Premier League debut for him, uh, 35 years old, and hadn't made his, uh, hadn't played in the league for Norwich since April 2017. All those things that we've been rolling out since uh, since the final whistle. But he didn't have a great deal to do, did he, over the course of the game? I think, as you as you said at the at the top of the show, Connor, it was generally a bit more positive at Burnley. I mean, they did have chances, didn't they? That's it. Yeah, I mean, the, the spell before half time was better than anything we saw at Turf Moor. I thought um, they they just. At the moment, seem unable to capitalise on those on those spells in games where they just can't quite score, and their opponents seem capable of doing that. But then that's the levels of the Premier League, I suppose. Um, particularly the second goal, I think if that's in the Championship, they probably do get away with it. Um, you know, maybe Amadou doesn't get outmuscled by Zaha, but it's all hypotheticals, isn't it? There. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of McGovern and, and the goalkeeping situation, for me, the the major difference was. The kicking, I think, when when he came on and, and his distribution opted to go longer a lot more. Mm. Ben Godfrey was was visibly frustrated after a few of those long kicks that he wasn't in the same vein to Cruel and even Fairman to a lesser degree, um, recycling possession and, and allowing Norwich to build from the back. So, um, if he is going to come in against Villa, which it looks pretty likely at this point, um, then then that's something I think Farker will be keen to improve 
in him in, in, in training this week and getting him embedded in the principles but of course he hasn't played a game since 2017 so um hasn't played a game under Daniel Farker so that's that's going to be interesting I think to, to see just how well and if he can adapt to that side of the game because uh, if um, particularly if he's got Godfrey in his ear who's visibly frustrated then um, it's it's going to be interesting to see if Norwich do have to change their approach because of the way um, or his ineffectiveness on the ball I suppose Yeah I can sort of see the logic of that you know uh, low risk almost isn't it and, yeah. you know you've come in in, a, in kind of an emergency situation and you're not quite on that rhythm I can sort of understand you know if we were talking earlier weren't we mm. there's the chance that you could have one of the young lads on the bench on Saturday because if you've got no Fairman and, and Krull then it's going to be potentially Nick Hayes or, or Archie Mayer from the academy setup who are on the bench if I mean, surely not. But if they should have to come onto the pitch because <laughs> something happened to McGovern, there's yeah. no way you would want one of those young lads trying to mess around with it at the back, would you? You would say, no, you're going long. We're going to have to go uh, go, go old school a little mm-hmm. bit. And I suppose with McGovern, with Northern Ireland, he, he they don't play short out of the back, although he's not even been playing much for them in recent years either. So it, it's a bit of a ridiculous injury situation, isn't it, Tony? <laughs> Can you sort of remember anything quite like this where it's it's quite reached these depths no I mean not in the sense from the goalie position um, what you've just painted there is probably worst case scenario for every Norwich City fan because when you see that team sheet seeing Tim Crawl in goal no one sort of bats an eyelid but I'm sure fans on Saturday will be a bit sort of when McGovern gets the ball played to his feet people are going to be gasping and <laughs> people are going to be a bit more nervous they're going to be a bit more nervous then. so if he gets injured and the kid comes on yeah. I mean that's just going to be amplified isn't it I, I seem to remember was it Watford in a playoff semi-final had a kid come in because they had a few injuries and he made a massive error and then he was never seen again so it could it can make or break you this kind of situation yeah it, it's difficult I, I mean yeah, I guess the fans are going to really need to try and give McGovern some confidence because they know he's in a bit of a difficult position, and yeah, he just—they just got to back him whatever happens because it's going to be—it's uh, going to be a, a big ask for him. But you know, Euros, I think, Euros, wasn't it? Euros, Euros, yeah, and yeah, he kept what was it? He kept a clean sheet against Germany, something like that, wasn't it? So he, he, yeah, he got got a lot of praise for that one. So. Um, yeah, that's going to be uh, an interesting side of things. Um, the other changes were uh, Morris Lightley came in for Alex Tetty as as expected, really, because Tetty was uh, ruled out by that injury that he picked up at Burnley. Uh, that meant Ibrahim Amadou staying in defence. Um, but there was a little bit of a surprise, although it, it had been preempted a little bit at the pre-match press conference on Friday with uh, Max Aaron straight back in for for Sam Byram. Uh, did you think that was a little bit harsh on on, on Sam Pad, or could you could you understand it? Oh, definitely understand it because um, I think of the two from what we've seen from Byram, he doesn't offer as much as Max in an attacking sense. And and the, the period Connor alluded to before half time, Norwich's most fertile period, Aaron's was very progressive as Jamal was down the left hand side. So I can see completely, but it is tough on Sam because by no means was he the worst uh, in that defensive unit at Turf Moor. Uh, and his game before that, he was out, well astonishingly good given. He was pitched in against the likes of Sterling and Banana Silva. So, yeah, um, but Daniel, in a broader sense, we might get into this debate very shortly, is paid to make those tough calls and uh, and he certainly didn't mess about in that area of his team. I think now he needs to be just as brutal in terms of the centre-back slash defensive midfielder that is Ibrahim Amadou. He needs to come out of that position and play him in the centre of the park and that's not been wise after the event. I even put that question to Daniel on Friday at Colney. Um, 
hoping clearly we wasn't going to see what we saw in terms of uh, his error for the, the first half penalty but wrote about it as well over the weekend his natural inclination is to try and steal the ball you see the way he lunges in that's fine in the centre of the park in your own penalty box or just outside as it was for the second Burnley goal you're going to get punished especially at this level so for me that change needs to come in and it's not a reflection particularly on Amadou as a centre back I just think he's better suited to the centre midfield let's see Grant Hanley back in Okay, well, we're in it now. We did get a, uh, a question along these lines, so I'll just uh, I'll just mention it. I'm slightly confused as to who it's from uh, because the email says uh, Andrew Thompson, but then it's signed "Best Wishes Max." So thank you, Andrew or Max, whoever you are, right. for the for the email. <laughs> uh, question for this week's podcast: Why isn't Hanley playing in the back four and Amadou as a holding midfielder? And also, how about Roberts coming in for Steveman? But if we Ask the or answer the the first one. Um, if we are looking ahead to to Villa on Saturday, Connor, is that how you see things shaping up? Yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm, I'm with Pad on on Amadou. I think he he does need to come in. I mean, I look at the Palace midfield on Saturday in terms of Milivojevic, um, Kiate, two really physical operators, and, and Norwich didn't quite match them in that regard. Um, they they were pretty much relying on interceptions and and trying to basically take the ball off the back four in possession so they didn't quite have that enforcer in there and to me it seems like as Paddy again said his tendencies are to play higher up the pitch um, particularly positionally he does take a step out of the back four pretty often and, and then Ben Godfrey's having to make recovery runs which I think is why he's probably um, struggled and, and why Norwich have conceded goals from, from wide positions because they're, they're get basically getting overloaded um, but it's, it's no criticism of him because he's been asked to do a job. But yeah. for, for me, it, it, yeah, Grant Hanley needs to return. They, they need to have a bit more of a, a structured spine, I think. And, and as we said, pre-Tetty, I think they've, they've lacked that screener all season, someone who's capable of, of protecting the back four with, with a lot of ease, particularly from counter-attacks. They seem really stretched and really exposed when, when they're chasing games, as they have been away from home in the, in the last couple of weeks. So... To get him in there and to get a physical presence in there, to me, seems like a, a no-brainer. I think if I was to have my preference, it, it would be a, a more defensively-minded player with someone like Mo Leitner who can then play through the thirds, if you like. So, um, yeah, it, it just seems a little bit unbalanced, but of course injuries aren't, aren't helping matters, of course. I'm sure if Daniel had a, a full roster of players to pick from, then, then Amadou probably wouldn't be playing in, in central defence. So it's no, no fault of his own, but, but yeah, I think Hanley should come back in this Saturday, yeah. Daniel likes a bit of consistency and he's been robbed of that hasn't he you know the Manchester City game was McLean and Tetty and then Tetty gets uh, injured early doors at Burnley I, I would be interested to see Amadou and and Leitner together because I think there is a good chance that that could have the right balance whereas McLean and Leitner I think McLean stuck to the defensive task quite well to be fair at Palace on, on, on Saturday he was he was alright wasn't he yeah, I don't mean you could sort of you could really blame McLean for it but um, equally him and Leitner weren't really able to set the tempo too, over the course of the 90 minutes anyway so I, equally you know Hanley hasn't really hit his top level when he has played this season he was dipped out against Manchester City because he had his own groin problem so is he fully fit is he ready because frankly they they need Hanley to step up and sort of be that captain now don't they really show that leadership and um, Godfrey wore the armband on, on Saturday Tony and it seems to suit him, doesn't he? He wore it for the under-21s. I know when you wear a bloody head bandage, it always uh, sort of adds an emphasis to a defender's display, doesn't it? But he, he seems to be really growing into becoming a leader, doesn't he? Yeah, I think it was the Man City game. I remember Connor and I were speaking about how he was um, sort of basically coaching Amadou through the whole game, wasn't he? He was 
bring him back into yeah. position, telling him where to be, and it's it's obvious that he he's kind of born for that yeah. role. And it's going to be interesting, sort of two three years where he ends up if he fulfills that potential, moves on to a, a sort of a higher level, or if he is still at Norwich. You know, you never know. Yeah, because he still has defensive work to develop. Clearly, you know the. Uh, uh, which goal was it? The second goal at Burnley when um, when Wood runs across him. Haller um, at West Ham, and then uh, equally on Saturday, the second goal. Godfrey's out on the right wing, trying to yeah. trying to you know do the work, get it done out there, trying to sort of help Amadou out, and in, then you've got Kenny McLean sat in 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 the box trying to protect things. That point you make there about him being on the right, I think, probably sums him up in terms of how much responsibility he puts on his shoulders, yeah, because probably. that that's probably him. As we said, he marshals the back four. Is is that sort of commanding presence? He's probably taking it upon himself to do that job and try and push Norwich up the pitch at one nil down, and and that's probably where he does need to to educate himself and be positionally disciplined in in that situation. But um, it, it's a positive thing. I think he just needs to curve it a little bit more. But um, for such a young player to take responsibility is is only a good thing. I think. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Okay, and to come on to the, the second part of that question, which was, uh, how about Roberts coming in for Stephen? Uh, Patrick Roberts got 10 minutes, uh, which is the, the most he's got so far in the Premier League. Um, and showed a couple of nice touches, but um, him and Lewis uh, weren't tight to... Townsend where they went uh, for that second goal they um, couldn't sort of stop him from scoring but you know that's not Patrick Roberts's job do, do you think he's at the point where he's really pushing to, to be starting pad or not quite there yet <coughs> excuse me no not for me um, because he's not really had an opportunity to really push his claims has he you got 10 minutes Saturday you got a minute or two before uh, Burnley um I think I would well, I'll just come back on, on that goal I think at that point Jamal clearly was uh, shouldn't have been on the pitch and wouldn't have been on the pitch if they hadn't made all three subs so uh, in terms of closing downtown's end I think there was mitigation there with that one um, Stephen needs to come out of the side for me uh, he's now had more than ample opportunities to, to try and make that step up um, he's not offering what he was offering in, in the championship um, in terms of a goal threat that is for sure um, Pookie's increasingly having to plough a lone furrow that and that's not all down to Steeperman, but I don't think he's really adjusted to the, the demands of the Premier League so far. So how how do you go if you take him out of the side? Well, I suppose then you are trying to get Patrick Roberts in there, and then the debate might be, well, Roberts, when the account, well, doesn't give you a lot maybe when the ball's gone the other side of him. So, which Steeperman does, in his, to his credit, you know, he will get back in, he will make the extra numbers in midfield. But I think Norwich need more than that. And again, everything we're saying, you need to do, you do need to make a distinction between home games and away games. I think he's been far better at home when Norwich have, have been far more compact um, and then able to spring uh, and get themselves up the pitch collectively. Away from home, they're on the back foot a bit too more. Connor touched on, you know, they look so vulnerable on the counter when the game gets stretched. And Marco is not really able to influence the, any of these away games, in my opinion. So. Um, I don't think they would have lost anything from having Roberts in that mix and Steepenman out of it on Saturday. That said, I don't think Cantwell had a particularly good game. He was very prominent, but uh, it, the tone was set in the first minute where he gave the ball away and Zaha is only just 5-1 over the bar. Um, he had Norwich's best chance on the day. Very uh, 
what's the word, lacking in any uh, conviction. I thought his finish, the one that Martin Kelly cleared off the, well, wasn't really off his line, but he was in in the centre of his six-yard box, just in front of his keeper. So, yeah, Cantwell wasn't great for me on Saturday, but of the of of the whole season to this point, it's Steeperman who needs to come out of that side for me. I, th- I think for Saturday, I would still stick with Steeperman just for one more game, just because... Um, you know, he was pretty good in the Manchester City game. Uh, I, I, and I think Daniel probably will. Um, what would be interesting if Steepman did come out um, would be wh- who, how things would move around. Would Cantwell get in at number ten, or would Wendia come in at number ten? And and then you've got Robertson and Cantwell either side. Um, I, I'd really be interested if you know if Mario Vrancic can ever get fit as well to see him in that number ten role because we all know what good left foot he's got and how creative he can be um, yeah for me I, I just give Steven one last chance in this home game but obviously if things don't go well Saturday then then yeah I think you're going to have to to, to, to make a change of some degree and Robertson needs to be getting more time off the bench you know 10 minutes should he have been coming on when Dermich came on for instance which was for Steepman 25 minutes from the end wasn't it would it have been more sensible to bring uh, Roberts on then because he is more of a creative force whereas as Dermich is a, is a striker he doesn't necessarily have a from what we've seen so far, his all-round game doesn't seem to be particularly rounded, does it? So, uh, I think that's being kind. That's, that's being really, kind. Yeah. yeah, you weren't impressed. No, I wasn't impressed. I thought he was, he was pretty horrendous when he came on. To be fair, um, it was like Norwich, right. were, Norwich <laughs> were playing with ten men at, at times. It was like uh, having a passenger on the pitch. But it's probably no fault of his own. I mean, being thrown into a Premier League game is is difficult, particularly when he's had injuries of his own. So I'm prepared to give him time. But uh, yeah, I, I wasn't too impressed with what I saw on Saturday from from Dermich, to be honest. I wasn't sure where he was supposed to be playing, really. Was he, maybe, had he come on as a striker or maybe was he in the Stevenman support role? But, yeah, Stevenman for you on Saturday? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think for Saturday, yes. Um, just because of the lack of central midfielders, I think if, if you take him out of that attacking midfield role, you're going to have to reshuffle things. And, and again, it comes back to Amadou coming in, I think, um, in, in midfield. Because if you take Stevenman out... And again, Roberts comes in in that attacking midfield position, and you're playing McLean, Leitner, and Roberts as, as you're free. That's quite lightweight, um, which in, in the Premier League you can't really get away with. Um, so again, I think I think you'd need that physical pre- presence in, in Amadou there, um, and, and Steepman provides that to an extent as well. So um, I, I, I think Steepman will be in for, for Saturday, and then we'll we'll see how we go from there, really. Um, but but yeah, I, I think he definitely needs to to make a step up because he's not proven so far in, in the seven games that he's got enough to be a Premier League footballer and um, Stuart Webber's spoken about players moving too quickly for the club sometimes the club moves too quickly for the players and, and he needs to prove that um, he can get himself back on par with, with where the club are at the moment I think Interesting at least there's some options in that area <laughs> despite yeah, despite all the uh, the injury issues uh, Tony where, where would you stand on Stephen? Well, I was, I was just thinking about Villa's midfield in comparison to Palace's, and it's sort of a totally different setup, isn't it? McGinn, Grealish, and I forget the the DM. Hurahan. Uh, I mean, it's probably less physical than the Palace three, isn't it? So Daniel might look at that and think he could take him out and put someone a bit more technical. I've got in. it here in front of me. I just pulled it out quickly. So Saturday, they, uh, as I said, they drew 2-2 at home to Burnley. They played a 4-3-3 according to who scored. So that was McGinn 
and somebody called Nakamba, who I don't recognise that name. Let me pull. I think his first name is Marvellous. Marvellous Nakamba. Well, What's an amazing so. name. How come yeah. I've not heard of him you before? You read the headlines now, can't you? Marvellous Nakamba, brilliant. Norwich sunk by Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, uh, <laughs> and then Huraham was on the left of their midfield. Um, uh, so Grealish was playing on the left of the three with Wesley through the middle and Al Ghazi on the right. Uh, so... McGinn's a very good player, isn't he? But yeah. but yeah, I mean, so you compare, as Connor said, to Palace's midfield three. Um, I mean, they were very physical. And I mean, mm. you look at them lining up against Leitner and, and McLean and there's only going to be one winner in a fight, in a in a battle. But you'd like to think if Norwich can keep control of the ball, it's going to be an interesting battle against these guys because, I mean, McGinn, Grealish, Hurahan, they're all good with the ball, aren't they? So mm. it's a totally different game totally different game and I made this point in um, in the six things today which um, of course you can you can have a look at on uh, pinkon.com um, in terms of possession as you mentioned it there Tony against Man City they had 31% of possession won 3-2 beat the champions 3-2 and then these two away games they've lost 2-0 they had 59% of possession at Burnley 55% at Palace so it shows that possession isn't the be all and end all is it? if you don't do what is required with it if you're not ruthless as, as Cantwell wasn't with those chances um, you know Pucky with the one that he fired over the bar Buendia did test the keeper with one didn't he which um, the keeper had to get down to so it, you're right it is going to be an interesting one and th- this is going to be a game on Saturday where both teams are going to re- really target it as as a, um, I don't know if you can quite say it's a six-pointer yet, but it's it's certainly verging towards that um, type of game. But we're only eight games in. I just pulled up their results so far this season. Villa, um, of course, promoted under Dean Smith via the playoffs. Uh, they lost three-one at Tottenham on the opening day, and then lost two-one at home to Bournemouth. They did beat Everton two 0 at home. Uh, they lost one 0 at Palace, and they had a, a man sent off. Drew nil nil at home with West Ham. Uh, lost three two at Arsenal. That was a bit of a dramatic game, wasn't it? Arsenal roared back to that one when Villa looked like they could actually get a win at the Emirates. And then, of course, there was that two two draw at Burnley. So they spent a lot of money, Paddy, and they, you know, it's a big club. We all know that they're they're a club who very much have their sights set on on the Premier League. Um, and I think. Hopefully, along with Norwich and Sheffield United, they have also shown that they're capable of being competitive at this level, haven't they? Well, by all accounts, performances haven't pulled in the amount of points that many think they should have deserved. As you say, there, Arsenal, you should should be winning that game because they were late on. I think they were two one up. Um, they were two one up against Burnley going into the final ten minutes or so, and, and got pegged back. So, the only game I've really seen, I saw them at home to. I think it was West Ham, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, was it nil nil? That nil-nil, game, yeah. Well, yeah. West Ham had a player sent off, and they were very exactly. So they, you know, against ten men, they were very circumspect and almost trying to find their way. Um, and I think this is probably a really good time to be playing them um, because you know they haven't clicked for the amount of players they've signed. You know, they've gone clearly down the Fulham route, as in throwing out a lot of the lads who uh, got them out of the division. Um, certainly the core, anyway, and. Uh, hasn't quite worked yet so yeah they are a big club there's no two ways about it you go to Villa Park it's a magnificent arena when it's full um, they've obviously got backers now who are prepared to really bankroll that club so you know they their expectations are vastly different to the Norwiches and the Sheffield United's but ultimately before you can run you've got to walk as they say and then they do need to stay in this division by hook or by crook this season and 
you know, you'd get the distinct sense Dean Smith is a man under pressure. He might be a Villa fan. He might have got him out of the championship, but uh, that won't really see him have any sentimental pull. I don't think with these owners. I think if he doesn't start to get them winning games, he'll be out the door. Um, so there is a bit of pressure on him as, in terms of as you rightly packaged it. You know, this may be portrayed as a, a pivotal game. This even this early in the season, I don't think it's quite that. Daniel was quite keen to downplay that when those topic questions were put to him after the game on Saturday. Um, but Norwich do need a result because I know we're going upbeat with this podcast. But if they were to get beat this Saturday, then they go into the international break. There'll be a lot of soul searching. And, and a lot of questions being asked and, and it won't be enough to say we've got these injuries I think there will be a, a sense then that uh, things need to change uh, and quite quickly because as much as they were on this wonderful upward curve last season you don't want it to turn the other way because it can equally go quite quickly in the opposite direction in terms of the results I'm not talking about the culture of the club or the philosophy or what path they're on and how building blocks are being put in place mid to longer term in the here and now it is about winning Premier League games of football or at least not getting beat uh, week after week after week. So in that regard, yes, it's an important game, not in, in terms of the context of a league table at this stage, but um, yeah, I think it could be, could be quite a tense one as well. And and without wanting to lapse into cliche, those fans will need to be as frenetically up and energetic as they were against Man City, because they'll need that. Yeah, I mean, 16 goals conceded so far, no clean sheet. So that is got to change I mean a point amid this injury crisis I suppose wouldn't be too bad at least it would stabilise things a little bit I did have a quick look through and of all the 92 clubs Norwich are one of only three who are yet to draw this season Liverpool and MK Dons which is their league one these days aren't they Um, so uh, a draw wouldn't be the end of the world at the moment with the way things are going if it meant a clean sheet I know that's nil-nil I know that's boring but at least it would give something to build on If, if they were to lose on Saturday then yeah I think it's really going to be massive deep breath over that international break get the injury sorted and then they've almost got to go back to the drawing board get a plan in place to just make sure that they're you know not getting beaten quite so easily and, and we'll see where things go from there but I would imagine that the fans are going to be desperate to get back to Carrow Road after that Manchester City game because they they got a taste of how good it can be and frankly if this injury hit squad even as they are at the moment can can get a win over another promoted side that is going to be a hugely satisfying result isn't it? Yeah I think everyone that, that writes them off that will from, from Norwich's perspective will give them more uh, enthusiasm to try and get a result on Saturday because if we know anything about Daniel Farker's side is you can never write them off and the narratives that they write are unthinkable at times so they've got to produce another one of those on, on Saturday bearing in mind they're going to be playing a, a third choice goalkeeper and potentially a, a left back who's not played a game for the club yet so um, the narratives are there in terms of the underdog tag I suppose and, and the supporters need to get behind them as, as they did in, in, in a similar vein but in terms of the game and the magnitude of it I think it's one you'd probably categorise as a, a must not lose as opposed to perhaps a must win I think if they do win then it gives them a, a fantastic platform and an, an opportunity to build on that after the international break and perhaps kickstart their season and get a bit of consistency about them but I don't, I don't think a draw would be a disaster by by any means and um, the fact we're, we're sitting here sort of 10 games into a season talking about a, a potential six-pointer um, I, I think under really underpins the the magnitude of the Premier League and, and just how um, as, as I said last week just how high the highs are and just how low the lows are because um, it, you can get in a rut really easily and really quickly in this division because of the, the quality within it and 
now Norwich do need to, to show that they can dig in and that they can get a result um, maybe even a, a scrappy one as, as you said a nil-nil a one-nil um, and, and because that, they're the games and they're the results that will keep them in the division and long term it's, it's not ideal but as a short term fix particularly given what the mood music will be in, in the international break if they lose um, it's, it's important that they do get a result in front of their supporters um, with a, a performance that proves that they can have an arm wrestle with teams because I don't think we've seen that so far. Okay, yeah, you mentioned that left back situation that is going to be interesting. Um, if Jamal's arm slash elbow injury is uh, is bad and it does mean he at least misses Saturday, then um, does that mean Philip Heiser comes in for his first league appearance for Norwich? I'm, I have to say, I wasn't particularly impressed with him at Crawley, but wasn't impressed with anyone during the Crawley game you know Sam Byron played in that one but then came in and played very well against Manchester City so perhaps we can't take that as a totally accurate barometer I just suspect that potentially Daniel will move Max Ahrens to left back and play Byron at right back but then that is quite a snub to Heiser really you know the guys patiently waited for his chance so um, that would be an interesting man management one Um, Tony how how do you think you'd play that if you were Mr Farker well I mean it's, it's a tough call because none of us have seen him play properly really have we Not consistently really. but I mean his statistics from an attacking point of view are quite impressive from from Germany so I mean if you're going to bring him in for any game a, a fellow relegation battler is a, is a game you'd probably fancy him to do alright in Cause, uh, he, so who would be on the right El Ghazi he's quite quick isn't he probably yeah he's Dutch international but the thing that struck me with Heiser when I have seen him in the preseason and Crawley is he always looks knackered. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a worrying thing. Whether he can last ninety minutes, I don't know. Yeah, but good luck to him. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's quite a big lad, isn't he? He's, he's strapping. He's um, yeah. he's got the stature, so you wouldn't have thought he's going to get bounced about particularly. No. Um, and but he was keen to get forward, even at Crawley. I, I think at Crawley he was trying too hard. To be honest, he was trying to force the issue a lot, and he was like, unfortunately. Um, coming from me because I was never Yannick's biggest fan he reminded me a bit of Yannick Wildscott in terms of it was a bit head down I'm going to really try and make this happen but in terms of the actual uh, skill and nuance there wasn't too much of that on display so um, Daniel's got uh, a really interesting one uh, Paddy just just finally um, where do you, where would you stand on the left back would you would you bring him in? I think your call was a great shot no 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 uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're a big fan. No, no, no. That no. wasn't supposed to sound as damning as it did, was it? No, 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 no. Only I'd rather have Max Aaron's at left back and Byron right back. If I'm brutally honest, yeah. I often think you look quite knackered, Tony, most of the time. <laughs> so a lot of stairs at some. Yeah, I can see why you'd see similar traits yeah. in uh, Philip Weiser, but uh, so no, for me, uh, I do not want to see Philip Weiser in that eleven on Saturday. No, thank you. <laughs> There we go. That's uh, that's that one put to bed then. Um, I, I'm not going to bring you any of uh, the player audio this week. I did speak to Michael McGovern after the game, but it was incredibly noisy for a mix zone. It, bizarrely, it was outside, so it was you know at the whim of the elements. If it had tipped down with rain like it did here in Norwich on Sunday, then I don't really know what would have happened with those player interviews. But it was too noisy, windy. There was staff pouring out of a, an exit right next to it, so uh, we won't bring you that audio. What did he say? What did he say? I'm definitely not doing an Norwich impression. <laughs> was, he, was he pleased with his debut? He, well, not really. I think he, you know, it, more it was a disappointment of the situation. You know, he was, yeah. you know, he said how Tim Krull and Ralph Furman are 
are really good guys, great goalkeepers. You know, spoke of how much experience both of them had gotten. Um, yeah, of course, it was uh, personally a, a nice little high for him, and he almost was talking about it as in it's something that you know when I when I've stopped playing, I'll be able to say, well, I played in the Premier League, and mm-hmm. it looks likely that he's going to get at least one more appearance. So who knows if you want to look at it in a different uh, perspective? If he had a blinder on Saturday. And then got his got his place in the in the team and started doing what you pointed out earlier, Connor, in terms of the kicking and showed that he could handle that side. So who knows? He could have a bit of an Indian summer of his career. Well, look look at that Germany performance as as what he's capable of. If he can replicate a, a performance of, of that level, then there's there's absolutely no reason why he can't. But at, at 35, um, there's there's no better time for him to to make a claim, I suppose. I think one thing you can say is that it's proved that Stuart Webber's decision to give him a new contract back in April has paid off. And I, I actually went back and found the club's official tweet um, for which announced the news. To just have a look at the replies. And to be fair, there was quite a lot of people who said, "Yeah, sensible move." Um, he's you know been a good loyal servant. And if you remember back in the last season when all the promotion hype was there, McGovern quite often was one of those players charging onto the pitch to celebrate with people, wasn't he? And people were, were loving that. But there were some comments like. Um, why and um, April Fools was on Monday, lads. Um, uh, sorry, I don't. I don't think we can name and shame, but you you, you can certainly go uh, go back and have a look for yourself. But uh, there were some surprised reactions, shall we say? Shall we say? But um, I think that's about it for this week's show. Um, brought to you by Arch and Podcasts as ever and um, we read out Max's question earlier if you've ever got any reason to get in touch any questions you want to put to us then then please do give us a shout you can email us at thepinkin at archon.co.uk or you can find us all on social media this is your podcast as much as it is ours so we always want to have uh, your involvement as well and if you are interested in sponsoring the show then please do get in contact as well uh, you can email matt.withers at archant.co.uk and uh, matt's our man in charge of podcasts these days so thanks very much for listening it's on to villa of course we'll have full coverage of the pre-match press conference and all the build-up uh, connor i know you're working on a, a bit for the papers for the next couple of days on that goalkeeper situation so keep your eyes peeled for that and uh, we will catch up with you very soon 